0: Bibles and turn to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 1, it's on page 785, if you would like to use a Bible from the church. If you're able to stand a bit longer, please do so. Either way, we want to read the first 11 verses of the book of Habakkuk. This is God's word for us this morning. And here's what God says. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear or cry to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? And and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astonished. For I am doing a work in your days "'that you would not believe if told. "'For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, "'that bitter and hasty nation, "'who march through the breadth of the earth "'to seize dwellings not their own. "'They are dreaded and fearsome. "'Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves.' Their horses are swifter than leopards. They're they're more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an evil, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. For they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose might is their own God. You may be seated. Father, thank you for your word, for there is no word like your word. Every word of yours is true. And it's not an old word out-of-date truth. It's living and active. It's, it's, it's at work even today. And so as we consider this word that we've just read, we would ask for the presence of your Spirit to help us. We would ask for your Spirit, in fact, to be at work in each of our hearts and our lives, that you would transform our minds and our loves, that you would change us, You would direct us towards yourself through your word, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 2 captures the the mood, the setting, the the details of of the book of Habakkuk, particularly here in chapter 1, but it carries through throughout the rest of this book. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear or cry to you violence and you will not save. That verse reflects the intense distress that Micah is experiencing and uh, that Habakkuk is experiencing and expressing. His distress is over the ways of God. Two things I want us to consider this morning concerning Habakkuk's distress over the ways of God. First, we want to see something of the distress over God's silence. That's really captured in the first four verses. And then God speaks, if you would, in verse five through 11. And, and he explains something of himself, and we trigger a whole other layer of distress, the distress over God's solution. So let's consider these two. They're in the bulletin if it's helpful to follow along. Consider these two points of distress, distress over God's silence and dis- distress over God's solution. But first, let me tell a bit of a backstory here about the book Hab- Hab- Habakkuk. I can barely say the term, so you can pray for me. But this fall, we have considered or we are considering three minor prophets. We looked at Micah for several weeks. Then we looked at Nahum for a few weeks. And and now we're going to take a few more weeks and consider the book of Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk probably unfolds, at least the events being described in this Uh, prophecy, probably 10 to 12 years after the prophecies of Nahum. You might remember that, that Nahum prophesied very definitively, very assuredly of the imminent destruction of the Assyrians. The Assyrians were the world superpower at that time, and yet because of their evil, because of their wickedness, God, through the prophet Nahum, pronounced that they would fall. The book of Habakkuk comes on the scene some 10 to 12 years after Nahum's prophecies, and the fall of Assyria is underway. And yet, as we noticed even here in our reading in Habakkuk, as Assyria is falling as the world superpower, there's another people, another nation who's being raised up to emerge as the the big boy on the block, the the the, the super power. the The events in the book of Habakkuk that they speak of probably unfold. They probably cover events from about 605 to five. 97 BC, so some 600 years before, before Jesus. We're toward the end of uh, much of the Old Testament history. Most likely, a man by the name of Jehoiakim is the king of Judah at this time. Jehoiakim, we're told in 2 Kings 23:27, was not a good king. Most of them weren't. It says of Jehoiakim, he, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, Jehoiakim was the son of Josiah. Josiah was one of those bright exceptions in the history of Judah. He was a good king. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord And yet one day, as Josiah is going out to battle, he encounters Necho, the king of Egypt, uh, who is on his way to partner with the Assyrians and uh, the Egyptians. Necho, in particular, kills Josiah in battle. In that context, Necho most likely installs Jehoiakim as a, I don't know, a puppet governor, a puppet king of, of uh, Judah during that time, makes uh, Jehoiakim pay him tribute, takes gold and silver out of the treasuries to give to him. Now, it is during this time, most likely, that Habakkuk is um, crying out to the Lord. He is complaining before the lord he is crying out to the lord about the ineptitude and the injustice that is unfolding during the reign of Jehoiakim he is he is trying to piece together in his mind something that you and i often try to piece together in our minds When we look around and we see a world filled with injustice, when we see leaders who are inept, we we wonder where the Lord is at in all of this. Habakkuk is asking that question. He 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 is voicing that question that we have found ourselves pondering and considering Where are you, Lord? Why aren't you down here doing something about this mess? Lord, why aren't you stepping into history and stopping this injustice and evil that is running rampant? Have you ever wondered that? I mean have you ever watched the nightly news? Habakkuk is voicing our question. And 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 how Habakkuk starts out in these first four verses Is he's describing the 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 violence? He's describing the destruction. He's describing the lawlessness. He's describing the wickedness. He's describing the perversion of justice. And it seems, from his perspective, that God is nowhere to be found. Habakkuk's question ought to be seen as a great. Instructor and teacher to us. What is the Lord showing us? What is the Lord teaching us by giving us the prophet Habakkuk? First thing I would suggest is that it is not altogether uncommon when the Lord's people are often dazed and confused. Dazed and confused by the ways of God as we see injustice and evil flourishing, apparently. And it seems as though God is absent and silent. And yet what the prophet Habakkuk is modeling for us is that a faith-filled complaint to God is not wrong. It is actually modeled here for us. Habakkuk is dazed and confused. And where does he go in his perplexed, State of distress. He goes exactly where you and I must go. You see, it is sinful to grumble against God before others. That's a high crime in the universe before a holy God. But it is never wrong to direct our hurts and our sorrows and our confusions to God. A good portion of the Psalms are doing the same thing that Habakkuk is modeling for us. There's a whole category of, we call them, lament psalms. And Psalm 13 starts out almost, I don't know, very similar to how Habakkuk starts out. Where in Psalm 13, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Psalm 13 is expressing the the same dazed, confused state when it appears as though God is silent in the midst of rampant wickedness and injustice. You see what the scripture is doing for us? The scripture is modeling something for us by giving us examples of Habakkuk or examples of David. When when life seems like, when life feels like God has turned away and refused to act, when it feels like, when 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 it seems like God is inattentive to the prayers of his people, when he has gone silent in the midst of our hurt, in the midst of our loss, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our affliction, then know this. First, know that we are not the first to think and feel this way. It was recorded that, were, that people were thinking and feeling this way long before you and I were around to start thinking and feeling this way. His word, and it is the superior genius of his word. His word describes to us what we are thinking and feeling by including these situations and these stories when others who have gone before us are, have thought and felt the same thing that we often find ourselves thinking and feeling. Others have thought and felt the same. And here the Lord is recording their thoughts and feelings when it seems as though God is silent, when he is absent. He describes it to us here through Habakkuk. Because he wants you to know, he wants us to know, that he knows what we are thinking and feeling when it appears as though he is absent and silent. But he's doing more here, I'd suggest. He's putting Habakkuk out here in front of us for more than one reason than he, that, that you and I would know that he knows that, 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 that we would know that he knows what we think and feel. I'm getting confused on how to describe that, ain't I? Doesn't take much to get me confused. But the second, and perhaps even more significant, of what the Lord is teaching us by putting Habakkuk out here in front of us to honestly admit his confusion over God's silence, that we would follow the same steps that Habakkuk is taking. Where, where is Habakkuk going? in his dazed and confused state. To whom is Habakkuk turning? God has given us Habakkuk so that we know what Habakkuk knew, that we can turn to him. In fact, we are to turn to him. In fact, we must turn to him. In fact, he is our counselor. see, for when we find ourselves in the midst of our distress, when we find ourselves in a dazed and confused state, then we will turn somewhere to someone or something to try to make sense out of our dazed and confused state or, as Carl alluded to in our prayers, to try to to numb us in the midst of our dazed and confused uh, state and yet what Habakkuk is showing us, what the scripture shows us in, in, in ample other opportunities is that when you and I are dazed and confused, when, we, when it feels like, when it seems as though God is silent and absent, then we are to turn to the Lord. Others might be used by the Lord as instruments of his counsel but others should never be used in substitution for turning to the Lord in the midst of our dazed, confused state. I would just add as a sidebar then that if you do turn to a human counselor, which there's nothing innately wrong or sinful about that, we are actually told in Scripture to counsel one another. But if you turn to another human being, then you better be sure that that other human being has a grasp of the ways of God, because the last thing you'd want to do would be to go to a counselor who would have no clue as to what to do in our dazed and confused state. Because what we must do and any human counselor that we would partner with to help us walk through a season of life must direct us to our God who is our ultimate counselor. We must turn to the Lord. Even in his silence we turn to him. Now let me shift gears and, and get to the second point for a second. In, in verse five, there's a there's a there's a shift in in who's speaking here. That doesn't come clear until verse twelve, but we didn't read that far, so you just gonna have to you have to come back next week and we'll confirm that. But just have to take my word for it for for now. Uh, in the first four verses, it's Habakkuk complaining, if you would, before the Lord, crying out to the Lord. And then in verse five, um, the Lord breaks his silence, and 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 while. <laughs> And while there is distress in verses one through four over God's silence, uh, the the Lord's answer in five through 11 uh, is even more stressful uh, than his silence. This is not the answer that Habakkuk was anticipating. The Lord lays out his solution and in Habakkuk's mind, the solution seems worse than the original problem. So there's only two possible ways when you and I are confused with the ways of God. It's when he doesn't say anything to us and or when he does say something to us. In other words, it, it's, it's, not, it, it's not an oddity that you and I would be dazed and confused over the ways of God, even when he, when he doesn't reveal those ways and then when he does reveal those ways. Look at what the Lord says about what he's about to explain to Habakkuk. Verse 5. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astonished, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. This is God saying to Habakkuk, now, let me explain what I'm doing. (laughs) You're not going to believe this. This is unbelievable, God says. You're going to hear this as incredulous. God, where are you and what are you doing? I'm right here and this is what I'm doing. You're what? In fact, I think there's a little play on words in verse, in verse three. It's, it's Habakkuk saying to God, let me see iniquity. And why do you look idly at wrong? What does God do in verse five and part of verse six? Look among the nations, And see, wonder, and be astonished. This is Habakkuk is asking God, "Are you are you looking at what's going on here?" And God says, "Hey, look at what's going on here. I got a plan, but His plan is unbelievable." You see, the Bible reveals a God who is good and holy and just, and coupled with that, he is good and holy and just, and he is powerful and loving in all of his ways. so that creates a certain kind of expectation in our lives doesn't it we who would affirm god is good and just and holy in all his ways god is powerful and loving in how he carries out his good and holy and just ways but then there's often a collision between what we know about the Lord and therefore the expectations that get created because of that, and what we know about the Lord through our experiences of how life gets worked out and how life unfolds. We start with, okay, God is good and holy and just. He's powerful and he's loving. And we take that and create an expectation that says, so therefore, this is how I think these things ought to work out. And then when our experiences in life are in conflict with our expectations. Well, there's the rub. And, that, and this is going to be the rub that Habakkuk is walking through right now. Where will he go with this when when then when he's figuring out that there are things about the ways of God? that are incomprehensible to us. He's good, he's holy, he's just, he's powerful, he's caring. So why is that happening? Why is this occurring? Why is it unfolding this way or that way? Look among the nations, verse 5 again, and see and wonder and be astonished. Astounded. astounded. For, for, uh, for I am doing a work in your days. I'm, I'm going to go to work right now. I'm going to do a work in your days that you would not believe. And here it is. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth and to seize dwellings not their own. In other words, they take things. They're thieves. They're oppressors. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity. Dignity go forth from them. That would say they don't have any justice and dignity. It's dissipated a long time ago from those guys. They're mean. And they're strong. They're wicked. And they're powerful. They are feared and dreaded. Now, where have we just come from? Well, just, We just came from, that, that's very descriptive of uh, what the Assyrians were like. And now God is judging the, the Assyrians, and yet... He's not done working yet. He's now raising up the Babylonians, which, by the way, in part, become an instrument of judgment upon the Assyrians, but also also become an instrument of chastisement and correction upon Israel. For as sure as that we now have a quick relief from Assyrian oppression, we are now being introduced because we're right on the verge of the first wave of Babylonians who are coming in and who will deport. We're, we're just probably months or a year away from, from when the king of Babylon comes over and takes Daniel and his friends in captivity back to Babylon. In other words, we're, we're now re upping to a whole nother level of oppression and evil and injustice. All under that little tag, I will raise up the Chaldeans. Now, how does that fit together? How does an affirmation that God is good and holy and just, he is powerful, And he is loving in all the ways that he carries out his good, holy, and just ways. And yet, what's he doing, working, deploying the Babylonians? That wicked and ornery people. Some of this doesn't get worked out into the subsequent sections of Habakkuk as we continue on. And yet, as we draw things to a close shortly, I would just end us with this. So when our understanding of God's ways collide with our experiences in life, what do we do? What do we do when you are trying to make sense over God being good and holy and just, powerful and loving in all the ways he carries out his goodness and justice and holiness, and yet the bottom has dropped out of your life? That wicked people are flourishing around you They're quite fine, thank you very much. And you're hurting. You're struggling. You're walking through loss. You're grieving. Life's pains are pressing in quite acutely. What do we do? Habakkuk. Drives us back. He's going somewhere. We won't get to where he's actually going to chapter three, but we can't do the whole, whole thing this morning. Is, but we, what we already are seeing, that we first and utmost, we turn to the Lord. We pour out our soul to him. What we are taught to do in chapter one prepares us, qualifies us, fits us, to be able to do what Habakkuk himself will do in chapter 3. When you and I do not understand the ways of God, then, then, then our first and utmost response ought to be to turn to the Lord, to cry out to the Lord, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing in my life. Or if you don't turn to the Lord, if we do not cry out to the Lord, then you will turn somewhere to something or to someone. You will attempt to make sense of your life, the collision of your expectations with your experiences. And yet what Habakkuk is modeling for us is that there is a better way. A better way would be captured in that somewhat familiar passage to us in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. When you're dazed and confused. When, when you're perplexed over God's silence and when you're even more perplexed over God's stated confusion. Over God's stated solution, I'm sorry then we hear Solomon say to us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. Eventually, ultimately, and yet eternally for there's a little glimpse here that I'll close with in verse 11 speaking of these Babylonians he says they sweep like the wind and go on and then and then what does he what how does he tag these guys he's he's the lord has told habakkuk to to look and see but as it turns out the lord is kindly telling habakkuk that he's seen something too. These, these men whom he's using here, these Babylonians, these, these Chaldeans, which is the same thing, essentially, they, then they sweep like the wind and go on. Guilty men, whose might is their own God. Isn't it interesting? Interesting. He describes the Babylonians as guilty men. And then notice how he puts the focus of their guilt. They are men whose might is their own God. They are men who rely upon their own understanding. They are men who rely upon their own ability. They are men who rely upon their own strength. They are self-made men. They say to each other, we got this. Because of their prideful, self exalting arrogance. They won't have this for long. And yet, while this is describing the Babylonians, I think there's a teaching point in here for Habakkuk. And that is the Lord opposes the proud. but he gives grace to the humble. The humble are those who know they can't figure it out. The humble are those who knows that God's ways are higher than our ways. The humble knows that God is good and just and right and powerful and caring and all that he does, even when I can't understand much of a lick of what he's got going on. The humble Cry out to the Lord, and the humble are saved. Our Lord Jesus Christ, as he hung there on the cross, was a bit dazed and confused. And yet in his dazed and confused state, he cried out to the Lord, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Lord did not abandon, God did not abandon our Lord, but raised him from the dead, and he's now today at the right hand of God. And all who would turn and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ will not be abandoned by the Lord, even though we walk through seasons of silence before the Lord, even though we walk through seasons that we are perplexed over God's solutions and ways the Lord sustains his people with his grace. Turn to Christ. Trust only in Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what your word teaches us. And Father, it is with grateful hearts that we can bring these hard words of Habakkuk to a close. For we're thankful for how your word time and again directs us back to you to catch a glimpse of you, a God who is full of mercy and grace, God who is full of love, a God who is good and holy and just in all that he does. Father, may, may we find great delight in such a God, for may we find this God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for it is in his name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing this song together.